Hello and welcome to the Wedding Dish Podcast. Grab your fork and knife and take a seat at our table as we dish on all things weddings. You'll hear stories and tips from real couples and wedding pros about love, life, and entrepreneurship. I am Sarah Alipin. I'm the host of The Wedding Dish and the CEO of Photos from the Hardy and District Bliss. And today we've got a really cool guest on who is maybe a human after my own heart. Um, She is the host of the Little Decisions podcast. Thank you so, so, so much for being here. I so appreciate you, Victoria Cooper. Oh, Absolutely. I am so excited to be here. I like we were just talking and it just it's instant connections. So excited. I so agree. Oh my gosh. And I love your podcast. I can't wait for you to tell everybody about it. Um, But before we go there, um, I want to talk to you about your wedding. So um, well, about your whole story, because I think you've got a a great full relationship story here too. (laughs) So let's start there. Um, Tell me, how did you two meet? Okay, so it's a little bit scandalous. Um, This is where the scandal (laughs) kind of starts. Um, So no, it's actually, it's really great. But um, my husband, I actually met him. He was best friends with my then boyfriend. And you know how high school boyfriends go. They're they're great at the time, but you you don't necessarily keep them around. Um, And we were kind of at that stage (laughs) in our relationship where things were ending. Um, And then I met my now husband, uh, whose name is Micah, and I instantly fell in love. Um, I actually had dinner at his house. And he is one of seven children in his family. So he's a huge family. Holy cow. And I, yeah. And I fell in love with wow. them. Like, I just, oh, it was so, it was like, it was amazing. It was this moment where I was like, oh, he's who I'm meant to be with. And these are my family. Like, it was great. Um, so we, we decided to start dating the summer before I moved to Athens, Georgia, which is where we both now live. Um, and he was already living up there, but we're from the same hometown and we'd never met until I was 19. So that was kind of exciting. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of how we met. Um, it's really, it's really neat. It's cute. Uh, so it's nice also doing uh, holidays and stuff because we're from the same hometown. So we go to one place. Oh, that's so convenient. I am a little bit envious of that. Um, my family, we're not far from mine, but because um, I'm right outside of D.C., my brother's in D.C., and then my parents are in Maryland. I'm in Virginia. So it's not far, but Philippe's family, my husband's family, they're in Portland, Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, um, Northern California and Arizona. So it's a lot of traveling for everyone or for us. It's always us going out west um, regardless. So it's I am really envious of that. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely nice. Except then everyone expects you to spend all of your time there. And so there's there's that balance. But you know, we make it work. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, that's I love that. Okay, so what was other than the giant family? The first thing you noticed about Micah? You know, I really noticed that he was really compassionate and considerate of other people, but in a quiet way. My husband when I first met him, he had no problem talking to me, but apparently that wasn't normal. He didn't normally talk to people. Uh, Same. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But I guess I guess he was just comfortable with me. And so, you know, but I noticed immediately, like, he'll do little things like 
uh, we have family members who have physical limitations and he will open the water bottle for them. Like just, you know, as he takes it to him at night or something like that. Um, he'll, if someone says they have to move something and it's heavy, suddenly it's moved, you know, and he did it without them noticing. He's just very considerate of other people. And I really appreciated that that he kind of just did that without um, any need to get attention for it or anything like that. That was just part of who he was. And I just, I fell in love with that part of him. Oh, it's like baked into his personality to be kind. Mm-hmm. That's Very so, much so lovely. I love that. And I now I'm kind of curious if that's part of the reason you decided to start um, the Little Decisions podcast, which is based on, you know, kindness. <laughs> It's a little bit, definitely. I think I think this is one of those examples where kindness really changed my life, and it just happened to come in the form of a person. Oh, that makes my heart so happy. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, oh. Well, tell me about the proposal. Okay. So he did really good. Uh, he was apparently so nervous. He had to go home. It was like the middle of the week. It was Valentine's Day, 2008, which was like a Tuesday or a Wednesday. And he, ha- he suddenly had to go home, which is about two hours away. And I was, and we were living together at the time. And so I was like, okay. Um, and then Valentine's Day comes, it's that next day. And he sent flowers and chocolates to my work. We have plans for dinner. And we've been dating at that point about six six years or so. And we had never celebrated Valentine's Day. And so, I, but I didn't, of course, pick up on that. I was just like, okay, I guess we're doing this. And we went to a very nice Italian dinner. It was so fun. And then in our hometown, there's the University of Georgia, and there's a camera right by the arch that you can, you used to be able to call a number and it would take your picture. And that was really neat. And so, yeah, this, and this was back in 2008. And so That's he did, cool. yeah, so he did that. I still have that picture somewhere, but he, he had us do that. And then we were going to the car and he parked kind of weird, but I didn't, again, I didn't really put it all together till the end, uh, but he parked by this fountain and it's February in Georgia. So it's a little cold, but he's like, Hey, let's go check out the fountain. And I was like, Oh, okay. You know, whatever. And then like, as we're walking to the fountain, I think that's when it dawned on me, like the whole day had registered and I suddenly am nervous because I realized he's nervous. And I don't even think he actually said the purpose, will you marry me? Before I just was like, yes, yes. <laughs> I was just screaming and taking whatever he had in his hand. <laughs> so it was really fun. Yeah, I love that. That is so cool. Georgia, you need to put that back, uh, that camera back. That's brilliant. So smart of your partner to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. so smart. So smart. Um Okay, so you said Valentine's Day 2008. I'm looking at your wedding date, which was March 8th, 2008. Did you get married in less than a month? No, I meant 2007. Sorry. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm crazy, but I'm not that crazy. (laughs) Holy cow, you did not put that in any of the questionnaire. There is nothing about planning it under a month that is bananas. I have so many follow-up questions. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, it was it was definitely a year. I needed a year. I'm not that organized. I have ADHD, so I definitely needed a year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. And it's, again, I say this all, this is, I guess this is the theme of this, um, this season, season six of The Wedding Dish. Season one and season two were Get a Planner. Season six is... <laughs> is to know yourself, to give yourself enough time and to make sure, you know, that you you have like 
you can do the logistics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I definitely have some stories to share where I didn't quite pay attention to my strengths and weaknesses and there were some snafus as a result. Yeah. I mean, that that's something that happened with me when I was planning my wedding is like I felt like I was supposed to do these certain things that were a big departure from what I wanted to do. Um, and that's one of the reasons that I have this podcast is because I – I want people to know that it's okay to do things differently and share stories of people doing things differently. But knowing yourself is so important. Like I'm a horrible planner. I'm terrible at planning. I'm just like – I'm the kind of person who if I have to plan in advance, then I I kind of hope it gets canceled. But if it's last minute, I'm like all in. Um, there, I don't know. Like you emailed me right before this or last night, not right before. Let me give you the credit that's due there and asked if we could – bump up the recording so you had more time. And I was like, heck yeah. And then it made me more excited because it wasn't something I got to change my calendar. It's like the silliest thing. <laughs> yeah. No, I like it. I like it. Well, and I've just learned over the years that like if you know your strengths and weaknesses and you play to them, it's so much easier and you have way more fun. Oh my gosh. And then you don't feel bad about things. And yeah, you don't you're not like later saying, oh, I wish I would have done this differently. Um, it's just so it's just so much easier. So much easier to live life like that. I agree. Lessons a- I learned in my 30s. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. It's it's crazy how much I've learned just since getting married and like um I, I don't know, as I've aged as a woman, I've found that I care a lot less about what other people think. Yeah, that started in my 30s for me. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. Yeah, I'm in my late 30s. I it turned 40 this year. And so I'm clinging to that last few months of 30. <laughs> I just turned 39 um, on December 29th. So, so it's coming I'm for you too. You. Yeah. It's coming for me. It's coming for me. I'm here for it. I feel like I get better every year. Yeah, me too. Maybe me too. not I love physically, it. but... Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's, speaking of logistics, let's talk a little bit about yours. Um, Where did you get married? So I got married in Athens, Georgia, which is beautiful. They have a lot of greenery. I actually got married at the Botanical Gardens there and it's great. It's a day chapel there that's kind of in the middle of all the different walking paths and it's just gorgeous. It has so many windows and it has this huge wooden door that has etched in it this tree and it's it goes across both doors and it's wide and it's beautiful and it's the first thing you kind of see like even when it's open you can see the tree etched in it and it's just beautiful and as soon as I saw that I was like yeah that's where we're getting married um and I also knew it was because my husband when we first started dating each other he I like to go on walks but I'm also very lazy and so he would take me on walks at that same botanical garden and he was the first person that actually got me to do regular exercise so I was like oh we have to get married here it's perfect so yeah I love that story I'm also getting kind of encanto vibes off of the door from what you were just describing yes 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 oh it's gorgeous that's perfect. And it, I love that it had sentimental value for you and that it was also just stunning. It must have been huge though because you had 125 people. When you say a day chapel, I'm picturing like teeny tiny. It must have been big. It's, yeah, it's pretty big. I was surprised for a day chapel that it was so big. Um, but that was great because we we filled all those pews in there. Like it was – it's gorgeous. 
Um, and everything in there is almost all wood because it's meant to kind of symbolize the nature that is around it. So I just loved that. Like I wanted to do minimal decorating because of that. You know, it was just perfect. Yeah. I mean, that minimal decorating uh, is ideal if you are trying to cut costs. So finding a place like that where it's just beautiful as is, is a great, um, is a great pro tip for planning your wedding. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it, the, the more that's included already in that price, the better. Yeah, yeah. It definitely it makes your life a lot easier. It makes it a lot easier to stick to your budget and not later to go in and say, oh, I feel like we actually need to add this and that and um, and that kind of thing. And it's also really easy to blow your budget on buying silly little things that you don't really need. So that also eliminates the, you know, thinking you need all of these additional candles or votives or something that you maybe don't. Um, I love that. That's awesome. Um, so let's talk about your five favorite moments of your wedding. Let's And let's start with um, a little bit of humor. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, we will. This is so fun. This is actually why I wanted to be on the podcast. I love telling this story. It gets me like so excited. So I'm going to get myself all ready. Okay. Um, so what happened is – I, my husband's godfather actually wanted to marry us and it was really exciting and it was his first time he was going to marry anybody. And he lived in California and he'd been to a number of weddings and he just, he really wanted to be an officiant. He wanted to be a minister. And so he was, he was going to marry his friends and, and us. And, you know, he's really close to my husband. And so that felt really meaningful and powerful. And so we were like, okay, great. And he gets a little nervous, Steve. Um, and and that's okay. I, I knew that going in and I kind of tried to keep him like excited about the wedding and all that so he wouldn't be so nervous. Well, I'm not a practicer by nature. I don't like to practice things. I just like to go in and wing it. And so we never actually sat down with him and practiced the vows or going through the ceremony or anything like that. You know, I I talked to him about it on the phone and he kind of read it out to me. And I was like, yeah, this is the order, you know, blah, blah, blah. He had a notebook. He was, I thought we were ready to go. Silly me. So we, we start the wedding and I look up and Steve is already sweating by the time I come, you know, I've walked up to the altar. And so I'm like, oh, this is not going to go well. And so he... (laughs) Yeah, it's he says the first part, which is like the Apache prayer, I think, and and that goes okay. And then there's a speaker that's going to come up. One of uh, my husband's family members, Bobby, is going to say something, and he, of course, is like, and now Bobby will say something. And that man looks up and goes, Bobby, Bobby. Now the podium is behind Steve, and Steve knows this, but he, for some reason, apparently expected Bobby to just walk right past us up to the stage, and it was just so funny. So we, yeah. So that was the first snafu. And then the second was he gets so nervous a little bit later that he ends up turning multiple pages. So I had to like kind of, you know, point back and be like, no, 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 we're over here. We're over here. And he did that several times to the point that on the third mess up, and you can tell he's flustered. You can hear people shifting in the audience. And I can feel my grandma giving him a death stare. I just knew she she was going to do something. And so I turn to the audience and I go, can someone get this man a program? And the whole place lost it. Just, and it, I, and it was perfect. And it really, it just let the stress out of the room. And then, and then everything went great from there. 
Um, at least I think it did. Actually, no, we still messed up uh, the rings. We still uh, mixed up where I had all three rings in my hand at one point. And I was like, this is not right. <laughs> but that's that's my favorite story. Oh my gosh. I love that. You know, sometimes you have to break the tension. Like, you know, if something isn't working, it's okay to make a joke. It's okay to make people laugh. It's okay to call it forward so that you can clear the air and move forward from that point. Yes. Well, and it was, it had been just like building to this point that I was like, we're not going to get through this if I don't do something. And and I, I'm a jokester by nature. So I loved being able to do that. Like I loved being able to say, I totally joke at my wedding, you know, because not many brides can say that. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not common. Um, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um I think you'll appreciate this. Um, one of my friends calls me a prankster monk because I also am a jokester. I love it. Um, I oh love my. that. <laughs> um, so what were some of your other favorite moments from your wedding? So one of the like nicest moments was we were in, you know how the, the men and the women get dressed in different rooms. And I heard a knock on the door. And of course I knew not to go out. We decided not to see each other before the wedding. Um, but my husband had brought champagne for me and my bridesmaids and then a card. And it was this really nice card, what he'd written something. And he's, he's not, he's one for few words. So the fact that he pretty much filled up the card with what he wanted to say was just really beautiful. And it was so nice. Like, and then of course we had champagne, so we were having fun then. <laughs> but it was just this beautiful, like, little considerate thing that he did. It was just a little decision that made a huge difference, and I, I loved it. I loved it. Um, and then I have uh, two stepfathers, or I had two stepfathers rather. Um, and so my first stepfather always loved dancing. He would did sock hops. I was actually his dance partner for a lot of years when he would try to show my mom how to do a dance. Like he would practice with me. And so we danced my entire childhood. But my second stepfather, who my mom was then married to, he actually paid for the wedding. And so I gave him the honor of letting me walk down the aisle and had my first stepfather actually do my first dance with me. But he didn't know it was going to happen until right before. So my husband's out there dancing with his mom. And then I look over to my, who I called dad. And I was like, dad, are you ready? He's like, for what? And I was like, we're going to dance. And he, you know, he, he was okay with that. He was all excited. You know, he, I, he was glad it was a surprise, I think, because um, he had been fighting cancer at the time. And so uh, any more stress, I didn't want to give him any more stress. And so he looked really excited and then came on our favorite song, which was Brown Eyed Girl. And I had never seen that man smile so big as we went out on that dance floor and danced. And it didn't matter that he'd been sick for a year. It didn't matter anything else. It was our moment together. And it was beautiful. I loved it so much. So. Oh, you got me a little bit on that. <laughs> yeah, I got myself a little bit on that. It was, it I was could hear it in your voice. <laughs> yeah. It was, well, it was funny because we found out he had cancer, stage four cancer, a couple months after I got engaged. And the first thing I said to him, because again, I'm, I try to be funny. I was like, well, that's no excuse to not be at my wedding. And he, he said that at the rehearsal dinner. That's actually another one of my favorite moments was he, he had said that at the rehearsal dinner and, and it was so nice him being there. So we all decided then to go out drinking, um, you know, cause his, his 
family, uh, he's from a Hispanic background and, uh, and my family, they were all visiting. And so we closed a bar down that night. Uh, and it was, <laughs> it was very rough for me the next day. I do not encourage brides to do that. Do not close the bar down. Do not take all the shots that your uncle and your cousins all want to buy for you. Don't do it. Don't do it. I was so oh glad our God. wedding was at like four o'clock and I was so glad I was like, Oh my gosh, any earlier I would have been sick. Oh, it's terrible. But, oh, um, gosh. yeah. And then, oh. yeah. Well, and then, and then my last favorite part, which I always like to share with people because I feel like this is where you, you don't put enough time and attention is like the dancing. We had a really great DJ and I'd kind of picked some music to make sure they played. And so it, the, just the dancing went on as long as it could. And I have so many pictures from it. And it's just, it was great. And it's a, it's a way for everyone to talk to each other and connect with each other too through dancing. So I loved, loved, loved that. I think that's my top five. Yeah, that's my top five. So. I love that. That's so great. I I love the that you went from like the sentimental, mo- the funny to the sentimental to the party. Um, <laughs> yes, amazing. That's so much. It sounds like your wedding day was like a real party, like a good time. It was. It definitely was. We, yeah, we closed down the house. It was great. Uh, people loved it. Like it was one of those where everyone was leaving at the end as opposed to, I mean, you know, you have some people that leave, but like almost everyone was leaving at the end when we were leaving. So that was exciting. That's really cool. I love that. Oh my goodness. Well, on that note, we are going to take a super fast break on the wedding dish and then we will be right back with Victoria, the um, our, our married human of the week and also <laughs> the host of the Little Decisions podcast. And we are back on The Wedding Dish. I am so glad to have you all here listening with us today. Um, I, of course, am your hostess with the mostest, Sarah Alipin. And with me at my table dishing is Victoria. She's also the host of the Little Decisions podcast. And we are dishing about her wedding today. <laughs> we are Thank having you so much fun. again for joining me. Yes, I so agree. It's, you know, we were talking on the break. It is so much fun to talk about your wedding day. It doesn't matter how long ago it was. It is just always so much fun to talk about it because so much time and energy goes into planning your wedding and there's so much emotion and and everybody's together and it's just, it's really fun to talk about your wedding. It is. It really is. Especially, you know, I was sharing this, you know, at the in the break, but especially when you have family members who aren't here now, who were there then, who got to celebrate with you, it's really nice remembering those moments and being able to appreciate that with them. That's that's what I really enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, at some point, everyone runs into that, you know, like at some point we all lose pieces of our family um, and and our friend group and things. So, um, you know, it's a really special time to bring everybody together in whatever capacity, you know, you do, you choose to do that in whatever feels right for each couple. So um, I'm glad that you were able to bring everybody together and your wedding was in 2008 and you're still having a blast talking about it, which makes my heart very happy too. Yes. I, well worth the price of admission, you know, cause you, I mean, weddings are expensive. So I'm glad that I get to still tell the story of it. Cause I think, you know, you want it to last past just that one day it's, it's meant to be memory making. And so I'm glad I get to share it. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, 
So let's talk a little bit about the wedding planning process. Um, it can be a really either like breeze, easy breezy time or it can be kind of challenging and you and I were talking about how we're not great at planning. So um, let's talk a little bit about that. Is there anything that you would have changed about the wedding planning process? Oh, so much. So, so much. I, I would have – I have my sister-in-law who I'm – pretty close to her name is Bridget and she's highly organized and I know that about her she's an attorney with she has actually now eight kids herself um so highly organized person and I should have turned over the details to her sooner rather than later I basically handed her a notebook I'd been kind of keeping together the day of the wedding and was like here's all the stuff you're in charge for today thank you yeah, should have done that a lot sooner. Uh, I think the lesson of my wedding is do it sooner, um, you know, or practice. But uh, and and so that was that kind of created some little snafus throughout the day. Um, I wasn't able to enjoy moments as much because you know I had to figure out why someone's yelling at someone else, you know, things like that. But it was it was definitely overall the planning process is easy if you have an organizer or if you follow an online thing, if you just do one of those things. But I had decided to kind of do a combination of them. And so nothing, everything wasn't in one place. And that was just a disaster. So I have since learned from then and other big events, big family things, I tried to keep it all together in one, you know, and that's just so much easier. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, again, play to your strengths. Know who you are. Um, I'm so with you. The, listening to this story, I immediately was picturing myself standing in that role because it's so right in line with my character. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it's great that you had someone that you were able to turn your, you know, turn details over to. At, Regardless of how they were, yes, <laughs> kept and organized in the things, but it is really nice. And man, is big families run in your in this side and that side of the family? They do, they do. I was a little worried about that when my husband and I were kind of getting serious. I was like, "How many kids is this man gonna want?" But luckily, we stuck with two, so that's good. Ah. Okay. And that was going to be my next question, but <laughs> we hadn't discussed that. So that could be a really awkward thing to ask someone on a podcast. Yeah. No, no. Luckily, I don't mind. <laughs> I went to, sorry, an aside story, but um, my best friend since I was six years old um, is pregnant and she's due. Uh, by the time this podcast comes out, I will have a little niece or nephew. We don't know which one yet. Um, she is my sister in a way. So, you know, uh, they will be my niece or nephew. Um, but when I went to her shower, I was asked the most, in, the, the biggest number of inappropriate questions that I, it's, I guess we have built a buffer around inappropriate questions during the pandemic because you're kind of really selective about who you have spent time with, right? So like the number of people who asked me if I was pregnant, um, I in no way look pregnant. Um, to, to be clear, I mean, you you can see me right now. I know. Uh, you, I wish you could see Victoria's face. She's like open mouth staring at me. I mean, first of all, regardless, it's an inappropriate question. You don't ask people ever. They could be delivering right there and you do not ask that question. <laughs> it's 
just not appropriate. But I happened to be standing next to someone who was actually pregnant. Um, and my best friend had pointed to our other friend who is pregnant and said she was pregnant. And they asked me then. But then I was asked by a whole bunch of other people. So not an isolated question. Follow-up to that was how old was I? And then follow-up to that was if I was single so that they could potentially set me up with their uh, son's or brothers or whatever. It was not an age-specific item. So um, (laughs) anyway, I almost asked an inappropriate question on the podcast. And just PSA, we have not been around a lot of people. You may start getting asked inappropriate questions again as you go back out into the world. You know, you're right. Now that you say that, it totally makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. People are, we're just, our filters are kind of messed up right now. We're just a little off. Yeah. And that's, and that's. Yeah. And now, yeah, I mean, we'll get there. It's just, you know, check yourself. Um, (laughs) Also, be prepared for some uncomfortable questions. Um, Luckily, it was me. And like, I know it's not because I look pregnant. Like I, you know, it's. But still, like it's not a cool question. You don't know what someone's story is. Exactly. Yeah. They may be trying to get pregnant and they can't. So you never know. Or have yeah. Or yeah, there are a million like have failed and given up at that point. You know, it's especially, you know, we just I just disclosed I'm 39. So you never know what the story is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but I'm glad that I got to check myself before I asked you if you also had a million children <laughs> because I would have had no idea. I should have said yes, no, but no. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, well, the really cool thing about that is that at some point in the future, you will be going to a whole bunch of weddings and getting to celebrate all over again when that generation starts getting married. <laughs> It's, I'm pretty excited about it, and I have lots of tips for them. So it'll be great fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're going to definitely be fun Aunt Victoria and helpful Aunt Victoria on that one. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, hopefully. <laughs> so outside of that, did you run into any obstacles um, outside of like, you know, not get, not bringing in someone who was more organized than you to help with logistics and things? Did you run into any other obstacles or anything during the planning process that you can say like, I really wish I had either thought about that or done that differently or anything like that? Well, I think, you know, my wedding is a great example of how you should always plan for the unexpected in some way. Now, I didn't plan on telling a joke at the altar. I don't mean that. But I mean, like planning for the little things (laughs) that might come up that you just you need to either have money for or have time to worry about. And I made no space for that. I thought it was you book this, you book this, you book this, you book this and you're done, you know, and it was not that. So all these little things kept coming up that were details associated with other things that I just, you know, they almost derailed the whole thing. Like I almost accidentally didn't have like tables to serve the food on because I didn't pay attention to the catering contract. And yeah. Oh, so bad. It was so, luckily though, I had someone with me when we were doing the final check and they were like, yeah, we need tables. I was like, yeah, yeah, we do. We do need tables for that. Oh God. You're like two weeks out then. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy, but luckily it worked out. 
I mean, I think I think that's one of the nice parts too is I was very flexible as a bride. And so whenever little things like that came up and they were like, well, we can solve it this way or we can try that or we can do this. And I was like, okay, that's great. I was very, very flexible with that. And it ended up that like my wedding was, it was truly, it was, it was really nice because it was kind of a representation of us. It was a little bit funny, a little bit different, but still really nice. And it was a great moment where like we got to just enjoy each other because I didn't stress as much about it. I think there's things I certainly could have worried about, but I think also finding that balance of not stressing too much is, is something that made the whole experience and that day much better for me. That's a really important thing. Um, again, knowing yourself and knowing what what you need, and to, in order for you to enjoy yourself, um, I I'm glad that you were able to build space for that. Um, is there anything you would change about your wedding day? You know. I thought about this question and, you know, there's always that part of you that wants to say, oh yes, I wish I'd been skinnier, I'd done this, or I'd not invited that person or, you know, whatever, whatever may be stuck in your, a thorn in your side. But I really don't have any of that. I don't think there was anything I would change about that day, even the mess ups, even the little snafus, because it was such a, just, it was, it was meant to be a celebration of two people becoming a part of a larger family. And that is what happened that day. We enjoyed, everyone enjoyed each other's company and there was space, there were tables and chairs. So that was good, um, you know, and, and, and that's all you really need is, is a little bit of space and a little bit of time to, with, with each other to have fun. And that was, it was great. So no, I loved every single minute of it. I wouldn't change any of it. That is such a great answer. You know, it it is really easy to go back, especially as someone who maybe knows themselves a little bit too well. It's easy to be critical of your choices and to look back and be like, oh, why did I say that? Or, oh, why did I do this? Or, man, I shouldn't have made a joke from the altar that, you know, people people don't normally do that. But it's like what makes it your day. It's what makes it your story. It's what makes it you. And and you know, it's the larger celebration. I love that you said I love that you said the larger becoming part of a larger family because one giant family. Yes. 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 Two. It is true. I mean that that's why you're coming together and you know, you're celebrating your union. You're celebrating um, and becoming an, a family, and um, and I'm glad you didn't lose sight of that. And I'm I'm glad you all were able to really embrace that. It is it's such a funny thing. You you can go one way or the other. Either you know I'm worried about all these things that I did or didn't do correctly, or I really embrace the things that happened. And I'm glad that this is our story. Um, so I, I'm really glad to hear that. That makes me, that makes my little heart very happy. <laughs> um, so one last question for you. Um, what was the most important decision you made on your wedding day or about your wedding day? Well, you know, this one would probably be the timing. So I really wanted, my husband's family is large, but they're all kind of located together. So that's kind of nice. But my side of the family is not. I have some in New England, some out West. Um, and so we decided to make sure that we gave them the time to 
to come to the wedding, you know, because for a lot of people, they were flying to Georgia. And that really mattered. And I also think my my stepdad at the time, like I said, he'd been diagnosed with cancer just a few months after we got engaged. And it was actually right around when we were picking the date. And I really wanted to pick something closer so I could guarantee he would be there and all of that. And I, I decided against it. I decided to not do that because it wasn't going to be then the ceremony that we wanted. And it, he would have known that, I think. And so, and I knew that he wanted me above all else to have the wedding that I wanted. And so I think the, the most important decision I made was just giving people time to come to the wedding, to, to be able to make it out there, to plan for it. Um, and that was, that was great. And then I think it also really helped my stepdad, you know, with his cancer because he had a goal that he was fighting for. Um, he ended up going, it was really impressive. He ended up going almost another year before we lost him to the cancer, which is impressive for being diagnosed stage wow. four. Yeah. 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 They gave him, when he was first diagnosed, they gave him a couple months and that was not my dad. And so I knew that. Um, and so I'm really glad that I didn't compromise on that. Um, because I think it 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 made it so much more meaningful. Then it just made it a a great moment, um, and and it also, like I said, gave people the time to be there. So I think I think that was that was the most important decision was planning it that year out so that so that people had time. Yeah, that that's a great point because you know you're not you're not talking about shifting it into um, February from March. You're talking about shifting it you know, to have it, to execute, planning and executing a wedding within three to four months. I mean, that's, that's fast and that's hard to try to bring everybody together. And as you said, one of the most important pieces of your wedding was bringing the family together and becoming one larger family. Um, so knowing that in your heart, um, you know, you, and it is, it's a decision that you have to do the, the right thing for your specific circumstances. And I'm glad that in your case, that that was the perfect scenario for you um, and your family. That, again, makes my little heart very happy. It was really nice. It was, it was definitely, and I was the first of my uh, grandmother's grandchildren to get married. And so that was, that was kind of nice too, that we, we set that standard, I guess. Uh, and then I didn't have to compare to anyone else because I went first. So that was good. That is nice. It is nice when you don't have to be the comparison, um, especially when you're a little bit offbeat. It's it's nice to uh, not have anybody say, "Well, so and so did this," because um, you're not so and so. Well, that's amazing. I so appreciate you being here today, Victoria. Where can people find you online? So I'm really easy to find. Um, they can just go to littledecisionspodcast.com. It has all my episodes where I'm kind of like this, but I also talk about kindness. Or you can just search any app that you listen to podcasts. Wherever you're listening to this one, just search Little Decisions and you should be able to find me. And I'm all over social media as well. And this has really been fun. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, me too. You are just, you're such a delight. I love your story. Uh, you're just, you're a woman after my own heart, um, spreading kindness and, and community and bringing people together. I mean, it's just, it's perfect. You, we are now officially best friends. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm excited. Uh, 
Awesome. Well, while you are looking Victoria up and the Little Decisions Podcast, you can also find us online at theweddingdishpodcast.com and you can follow us on Instagram at theweddingdishpodcast. Um, You'll have show notes there, which will have the details from this episode transcripts because we are committed to accessibility on The Wedding Dish. Um, You can apply to be a guest. We are looking for more um, married couples or people who want to talk about their wedding planning process if they're just engaged, um, nothing just about engaged. Uh, I would remove that word if I edited the podcast. And (laughs) on that note, um, don't forget to tune in next week. We have another amazing guest coming on and I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. Please subscribe or follow, rate, and review The Wedding Dish. And until we meet again, cheers.